Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, Misty and I are talking about the ever-present topic of busyness. And true story, we tried to record this last night and we were so busy and had mismatched schedules and different times written down that our busyness got in the way of recording our episode on busyness. So (laughs) today feels like a better day to record this anyway, doesn't it? I agree. I agree. Yesterday it was very, it just, it felt off, but I, I knew it was coming throughout the day. And I was like, gosh, we're talking about busyness and I'm trying to slow down things myself. And so these are when we just, the things we talk about today are the things that we daily have to tell ourselves, um, sometimes hourly for me, um, of ways that we can kind of slow the bus down. And when I was thinking about this topic, I was like, you know, there, I know a lot of people, I'm sure you do too, that thrive on the busy. Like they do really well in those situations. And if you're one of those people and, and it doesn't, push you over the edge stress. Cause I do know people like that, then kudos to you. But I think there's a lot of us that were like, all right, COVID sucks. But then I'm like now into this routine. I like my sweatpants and then all of a sudden, okay, we're making a turn. You're going to start doing these things. And then all of a sudden jump on the train and go. And whoa, how do you slow the train down? And I'm a victim of it as well because I have two kids in school. I have a husband who has a job and is also in college. And then myself, I have my my work that I do, my volunteer work that I do. And there's a lot of areas to say yes that I need to say yes to. But I'm really having to work on those no's and really stick to where my priorities are. And shield that time. And so if you're listening and you feel like you somehow got thrust on this giant bus and it's just causing you stress, anxiety, maybe overwhelming feelings, then know that we're right there with you. And the uh, maybe the difference for Lauren and I is that not only do we practice mindfulness, but we also communicate it to each other. Like yesterday was a laughable, learnable moment for us to say, ha ha, we're human. Look at us talking about our busyness and our busyness got in our way. So we're right there with you. I wanted to say that first because I feel like some people look at other people and they're like, well, they have it all together and they don't seem that busy. Those are probably the people that the hamster wheels are going. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's true what you said too in the beginning of thriving on busyness. I mean, sometimes I thrive on busyness. Sometimes I feel really good having a lot going on and I get in my flow and I have a real sense of productivity with my work and just 
things kind of humming along well, you know? And then sometimes I think it depends on my inner state. Sometimes I can have the same amount of stuff going on and it completely overwhelms me or even less stuff going on. And it completely overwhelms me. And it tells me that busyness and the way we manage it is an inside job, you know? And I also, I've had this conversation with a lot of people like this idea of balance and I think that balance is something that changes day to day, you know, like, I don't know that we're ever going to have a totally balanced relationship with, I mean, I know we talk about this all the time, but a totally balanced relationship with like social media, for example. But I think what we do need to do, same thing with our busyness is listen to when our inner state is asking for a break and asking for a shift in speed and slow that down. You know, and then when we're feeling like we can handle more then we can be more present on social media, we can be more connected to our digital world. We can do more things. We're in that cycle of that month where we're like, I got this until we don't. And then we make adjustments along the way. I, I really have found that living that way with adapting and adjusting day to day seems to work better for me than stricter schedules on things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and in regards to schedules, like sometimes I have to schedule in downtime. I literally will like put it in my calendar, like Netflix and chill by yourself. (laughs) And it's because there's just so many other things to do. And I know so many people get it and it's, it's really hard to make that happen. But the truth is, is that it's not a extra thing. It's something you have to have. And it, we're all putting it like way bottom, myself included. And so then it becomes this extra thing that just falls away. And so for me, when I get in those times, that's when I know, Misty, it's time to time block. And you need to get diligent about your time blocking. And that needs to include all things important to you, which is downtime and self-care and stepping away from the busyness, making sure my kids have downtime. I mean, we are in charge of these people that were regulating their little nervous systems, and then they're going to go out into the world and their expectations are what they got from home. So if you lead a home where rest is a big part of your day-to-day life and nature is a big part of your day-to-day life, your kids are going to go out and they're going to put that into their life more than likely because those are healthy, good things. And so if you're busy all the time and you never slow down and you never show your kids that it's a priority, they're just going to replicate that. And that's how we've gotten to where we are today because everything's just perpetually gone faster and faster and faster and faster. And with social media and the internet, and it will continue to go fast. So for us, like we from, I would say to about a year in, we implemented quiet time because it got around that age where like naps were starting to flail. And like, I'm like, all right, everyone needs to be in their own space quietly for that time. And it has remained in our house. Everyone that knows us knows that the two hour, like usually about one thirty to three thirty, the Andersons are out and everyone's separating. And it doesn't really matter what we're doing or how busy we are. If we have soccer games and basketball games and all this stuff, we somehow will put those two hours into that day. Sometimes it's an hour and a half, but hour and a half to two hours and we all separate. 
and it slows the bus down. And it is the one thing I will not budge on in our family. Nice. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's my busyness tool and I'm very passionate about it. And some people are like, well, how would I implement that now? And I was like, sit down with your kids and talk to them about how important alone time is, how good it is for everyone in the house to be apart for a little bit, start small, start it at 30 minutes. It's they'll get the hang of it. And it really does help slow all of that down because we even get into that habit sometimes on Saturday, you know, it's like, soccer started and then they wanted to go to ice cream and then we ended up at target. And then it's like, Oh my gosh, it's three o'clock guys. We're on our way home. Everyone quiet time upstairs for one hour. And they know, and they, I think they now appreciate it. And so what I hope they get from it is they leave knowing that they have that tool to slow everything down, not be as busy as they have to be and rest for themselves because it's important. And then they turn into teenagers and want quiet time all day away from you. <laughs> Yay! You no, I can't. So that's awesome. So then yeah. you're telling them to get out of the house. Yeah. Now it's like, will you yeah. please get out of the house and come be with us? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you things. like your quiet time for yourself too. And oh, yeah. you will agree that without that time, it's really difficult to do all of the things that you must do. Definitely. Yeah. It's just the season that you're in. You know what I mean? Like different stages and different ages of kids. And it's a big deal when the, the nap goes away, when your kids are like three and four. And so, um, I remember trying to implement quiet time and it was hard at first, but after a while it became routine and yes, they will resist it probably. I mean, my kids did but I knew that I couldn't go like 10 or 12 hours with them a day without some separation. So for everybody's sanity, including theirs, I mean, even though they feel like they're glued to you, like they need their own little time to just be alone and rejuvenate. So I'm a big fan of that for sure. There's a really interesting teaching in, in yoga philosophy about the way speed gets trapped in the body and the way that um, we just can't seem to turn it off. I just got back from teaching a week long yoga retreat in Maui. And it's so interesting to see the ways people speed around and buzz around when they first get to the retreat center and how everybody's faces are kind of tight, you know, and by the end of the week, it's so cool to walk behind the group and see how slowly everyone's walking and how their face, I mean, they all look 10 years younger because that, that, speed of the modern world has dislodged a little bit from, from their nervous system. It's so incredible to witness. And I think we, we, for lack of a better word, get a little bit addicted to that pace, that speed. There's a real sense of satisfaction, you know, getting a bunch of stuff done in a day, but it makes me wonder, like, I think we have completely forgotten that we belong to the earth. We've we've completely forgotten that we belong to nature. We're just part of nature, even though we have this human consciousness that definitely elevates us above a lot of it. We have a different way of thinking, but we're recording this on the fall equinox. I know you guys aren't going to hear it until later, but you'll hear it, I think a week or two after, but just keep in mind that anytime there's a new season or a new month or a new year, or it's your birthday, or it's a full moon, like 
really getting into these cycles of the earth as ways of looking at your schedule and thinking, what can I put on my not to do list? Not like how much can I get done in this cycle, whether it's a month or a season or a year, but like, what could I actually let go of that? I kind of don't need to do that. I could either delegate or just not do. And I swear taking stuff off of my list as I've been doing this for a couple of months has been life-changing as far as how much energy I have, because I'm not trying to pack as much in as I can in a day. And I feel different inside my body. So on my notes, one of the things says letting stuff go because there's not the old adage. You can do it all. (laughs) You can't do it all because some of it's going to get really disheveled. And so some of it you have to say, is that something that contributes to the bigger picture or what something that's good for me or my family or my values? then no, then I'm going to let it go. And sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it has to do with money and that's really difficult. Do you know what I mean? Like letting go of a job position you wanted or a potential move, but maybe it's just not in the best interest for you right then. I, I firmly believe, I mean, I just, this is just me. When you get a lot of like stuff in your face, that's telling you like back off, you should back off. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? If there's a whole lot of barriers and busyness and things, then you need to let something go and take something out of that equation and things will then get back to equilibrium. But letting go is like really, really big. And, you know, I don't think I started doing that till a couple of years ago. I think that some of that was age with a lot of perspective. And you realize like, I mean, housework, that's a perfect example. I grew up in like a super clean house, couldn't sit on the beds and it's beautiful and like, don't touch stuff. And so as a flip side, as an adult, I am very neat by nature, but it's my work to back off and let that go. And it seems like a silly thing, but it's in me to do all of that and don't do that and don't touch that. So I'm just like, you know what? This is our home. You do you. And that's sometimes tough for me. And so sometimes I'm just, I literally tell myself, let it go, Misty, let it go. So it's very simple, very simple mantra. If you have things that you know are kind of like ridiculous on your list, or I've been picking at this a lot and it kind of seems silly, don't beat yourself up, just let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good practice. Sometimes it's really hard to do. And I just think it's necessary. Um, I think too, depending on your financial situation, looking at, and this, we look at this about every year, like, can we bring in extra help for this task? And can we a afford it? And B, does it really give us that much more, um, space in our mind space in our day? Like, for example, we always talk about the pool. It's a constant conversation of, do we take care of the pool or do we pay somebody to take care of it? And we've realized that we can take care of so much around our house, but our pool is a point of contention. So if my husband's taking care of the pool, uh, let's just say it often goes green (laughs) and then we're paying somebody to come fix that. (laughs) And then we get in a fight about it because I can't stand looking out at a disgusting green pool. And then the pool is unusable. And so as much energy as that takes. And he works, I mean, 60 plus hours a week. 
And I'm like, babe, is it really what you want to do on your precious time off is deal with this pool two days a week, like cleaning it and making sure that chemicals are fine. And at the end of the day, buying pool chemicals is so expensive and it's a little bit more to have somebody clean it. So we look at stuff that way, like in the big picture of these next five years, is it worth it for us to pay somebody to clean the pool? Yeah. Other stuff, fine. We can do ourselves like maybe yard and cleaning and stuff like that. But the pool, you know, it really, it really adds to our stress and we can afford to pay somebody to clean the pool once a month or sorry, we can afford to pay somebody to clean the pool once a week. It's a little more intensive than that. We have a pool. And also I feel like it all gets dumped on my husband. And I feel like he's like about me. So I try to help as much as I can. I don't have the manpower muscles that he does, but I get the pool point of contention. And you're right. There's little things like that within your home that you have to let go. You know, like somewhat my husband, he will laugh if he listens to this. Funniest thing about him, he, he makes these little hobbit piles all over the house. Like, I don't know what they are. I don't know what they usually start with clothes and there's some things that grow on them, but they just appear. And his mother also does it. And I love that about her because I guess that's where it came from. And so it used to drive me nuts. And I used to be like, are you going to clean your Hobbit piles? I have let that go. And I know that actually bothers him. And so I know he will get to it. But man, it ate at me for a long time, for a long time. That is so funny. Hobbit piles. I have this total visual when you say that, right? It's just random stuff. I'm like, what is that? I guess it's better that it's in a pile and not scattered around. True. (laughs) True. But there are several of them, (laughs) but we digress. Letting things go is very important as you look at your life of busyness. I think that's what we will agree. Yeah. Um, And I think, I think financially, like I really get that money is not unlimited. I really get that there's bigger goals that we all have, you know? And so that all comes into play in this conversation. And I really get that it's hard to let go of a couple hundred dollars a month. If it, you know, to have somebody help you with something, but I think it's a worthy conversation to have if that thing is causing a lot of drama in your home. And if that thing is taking a significant amount of your time, you know, well, I mean, my, my transition in from corporate world into what I do now was that I ran into the, I was on the busyness train and I hit a brick wall and I was the breadwinner and it was very, very scary. And I had to literally just like let a whole bunch of money fly away. That's what it felt like. But what I got in return was there's no, there's no amount of money that meets that. And so, but that letting go also the letting go of like who I was like Missy, the, you know, sales rep, that was who I was. And that's what people thought I had to let go of that. Um, but as I continually let go of that, things started to slow down and that feels really good. And so to look back at how busy my life was then and how I call this busy, I'm not really that busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You had a major shift. I know that was a major, major shift. And I think it's really powerful for people to hear that you were making a ton of money and you let that go and you're actually happier. 
And I think that's super powerful that peace of mind and physical health and time to tend to your family. No, no amount of money in the world is worth exchanging that. Yeah. I, I'm glad that I did it. It was a really scary leap to take really scary. Probably one of the scariest things I've ever done. Cause like, you know, you see all the TV shows, you like leave the workforce and you're the mom and you raise the kids and you come back and you're like, Hey, and everybody's like young and you don't have a job. Um, but my intention was never, I was like, I'm done. I'm, if I'm walking out, mic drop, I'm out. And I really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, when like my kids went to kindergarten, which is what has happened now. And here I am. So you know, like I have a successful podcast. We have a great business and I feel very successful and I let all of that go. And so if you feel like there's some evaluation in your life, busyness, there could be something really big in there that you can change. And it may be a scary change, but a necessary change. Definitely. I'm wondering what our tips would be for people on working with busyness in their lives. I mean, the one we said was what can go on your not to do list every week, that letting go conversation, big one. I wonder too, you know, speed and busyness are habits and there is definitely a connection, not all the time, some of the time for me, a lot of the time between busyness and kind of an inability to be alone with myself. You know, I always want to fill every moment with something to do because it's hard to not have a lot to do and just to be present. I mean, it's the hardest thing in the world. That's why mindfulness and meditation are some of the hardest practices you will ever do. Hands down. Anybody that has a practice knows that because the world is so seductive. You know, the world wants to tell us we should be doing this and that and doing this for our looks and doing that for our career and progressing and making money. And it's instilled in us. It's instilled in our neurology as toddlers. You know what I mean? Like it's part of being in this country. And so I wonder about just an awareness exercise of noticing when you're picking up something to do just because there's nothing to do right? Sometimes we have to do the thing, but sometimes we have five minutes of downtime. We're like, Ooh, what can I go do real quick before I get on this call? What can I go do real quick before I leave the house? And just notice that you don't even have to change your behavior, but I think just observing, um, and building awareness about busy work is the first step. I love that. I actually, that's one of my practices is that's how you stop the bus is right there. That awareness. Um, I will add one thing that I do. Um, <clears throat> I noticed myself, like I would be on a call with someone and then, you know, some, somebody else, like the kids needed me or I needed to do something. So I'd jump off and run to the next thing. And then somebody else would call. And then it just was perpetually that way. So I started a thing and this is a start small activity. After all my calls, I hang up, I take a big deep breath in and I let it go out of my mouth, no matter what, no matter if I need to rush off, no matter if we're leaving the house, whatever, I just stop, take my big, big, deep breath in and big, deep breath out. And man, it just helps me 
I don't know. It helps me leave that call behind and feel a little bit more settled. It takes like two seconds, not even that long. And then I'm able to go transition to whatever else I'm doing. Beautiful. I love that. I love that because otherwise our day feels like one big concrete lump of time. And that pause takes you a couple of seconds and it allows you a bit of a reset. It gives you a mindful moment for your brain to your brain to take a deep breath and your brain saying, Oh, thank you for that little bit of rest. And that way the day is kind of broken up into smaller moments instead of just one big lump where you're like, wait, it's already Friday. Where did the week go? It's funny during the pandemic. I know we've talked about this before. Um, we also said it a lot on retreat. The time was going very slowly because we weren't packing everything in as we normally do. Um, I think another thing is that in closing, remember, unless you have one more thing, remembering that we get a little hit of dopamine every time we're in that busy mode, we get a little hit of a neurotransmitter, a chemical that gives us a bit of a reward and a bit of satisfaction so that we get in this hamster wheel cycle of, of really getting attached to maybe the brain is addicted to speed and busyness. And so know that if it's hard for you to slow down, it's by design. You're just a human being doing what you do best, right? Zooming through the day. And it's okay if it's hard. It's hard for us too. We do this for a living. I have to consciously remind myself all the time to just slow my roll a little bit. (laughs) And like Misty said, take a breath after completing an activity. I love it. Those are such great recommendations. And I, I hope that, I hope that legit everybody just slows down because I think we, as a culture, we have a culture of busyness. And like I said before, it's going to perpetuate on and on and on. So I hope that these will give you some tools to kind of slow things down, slow yourself down. Um, and remember saying no is okay. It's good for you. So thanks so much. We appreciate you guys and we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.